0: Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hilary Milnees. And this week, we're recording live from the NRF Big Show Conference in New York. And right now in the room, I have Grace McCarty, a fashion designer at FIT, and Michael Ferraro, who's the executive director at FIT, Infor Design, and Technology Lab. Did I get that all right? You did. Perfect, so Grace, you guys are here to talk specifically about um, a recent collaboration that FIT did with Infor and IBM, is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> the,
2: the, it was a, its a complicated, multi-dimensional uh, partnership and collaboration. The FIT Info Lab was a, one of the sponsoring organizations, okay. and we were kind sort of the nexus that brought the ingredients together. And it was 15 students, three faculty members four uh, IBM marketing people and two IBM research scientists. Mm-hmm. So that's how, and INFOR is a sponsor of the lab and it's a part of the public-private partnership that uh, we've developed to engage faculty and students solving industry problems mm-hmm. using design and technology. Mm-hmm. So this project fit right within the purview.
0: So what was the industry problem that, that you are focusing on on fixing?
2: Well, we were looking at, the, at AI and how it can improve decision-making in design, manufacturing and marketing. Mm-hmm. And it's particular, it's specifically IBM's suite of tools uh, that they made available to us and to the students so that we could really take a deep dive.
0: Mm-hmm. So it starts in the design process and goes all the way through marketing with AI. And so, Grace, you, there was a contest. Yes. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? You're using um, artificial intelligence in the design process, what what did you come up with?
1: Okay, well, um, IBM provided us with these amazing tools. They have these uh, specific cognitive fashion tools and the um, IBM Watson tools that are um, being showcased today, of course. but we were given the opportunity to play around with these tools and experiment with them, uh, which was amazing. As a design person, I'm always looking to see what's new and um, what can enhance my design process. And so having these amazing tools to play around with and experiment with um, was really rewarding. Um, but do you want me to continue to my?
0: Yeah, yeah, get us okay. Get us in there. What was the, how did it differ from the, the usual design process? What was, the, what was the biggest thing you had to learn?
1: Well, um, I guess learning-wise, I had always thought of technology and fashion as just being wearable tech, and that Mm -hmm. was something I'm currently interested in and still am to this day. Uh, But using AI showed me a different portion of technology that I never experienced before or um, had worked with. And so um, using these cognitive tools um, and Watson... um, helped me in my design process it didn't differ Um, I'm someone who uh, really likes playing with shape and um, experimenting with colors um, and sizes and things like that Um, but these cognitive tools showed me um, how I could um, approach things uh, differently um, but in a positive light. And um, since I'm not a scientist, I don't have that kind of a background, uh, working with IBM um, and being able to um,
0: experiment with them was amazing. Um, And you mentioned it wasn't just, it had had nothing to do with wearable tech. So the clothing that you were designing itself, you would look at it and not even know that there was AI involved in the design process. Is that right? Um,
1: Yes and no. I created Mm -hmm. two designs. my first design, actually, I was inspired by their cognitive print tool. Um, and it's a tool that takes um, existing images, they can be prints, they can be architecture, it could be anything that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and by inputting it into this um, AI cognitive print tool, it changed um, the print into um, into AI's version of that of that image, which was really abstract. And I'm someone who shies away from prints on a regular basis. Like I don't want to do anything with prints. But these really abstract prints were so inspiring and so different, and so different from what the industry has to offer mm-hmm. um, in prints currently, that I really accelerated from there. And so um, I pulled shapes from those prints um, to help influence my um, my de- like designing my silhouettes and. Uh, that I, I I always look for shapes, and so pulling like prints to shapes, and then designing a sleeve um, or like a seam with those mm-hmm. was really fun, and um, and just aided my design process. And um, approaching it that way was um, eye-opening and really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, second design that I uh, that's actually downstairs. Uh, that one is more of the. Uh, wearable tech aspect. We were asked to design like a futuristic version and uh-huh. also a current AI cognitive tool version. Right. Um, and so my printed jacket was my AI version, and um, that spinned off into my, uh, or spun off into my um, uh, my rain jacket, mm-hmm. which again, like the silhouette, was determined by um, these shapes from these prints. Um, but it uh, it uses the uh, tone analyzer that IBM provides, Mm -hmm. as well as their, um, uh, yeah, the tone analyzer and the visual recognition tool. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to create something where it um, engages in its environment, the jacket itself. Um, And so I created a travel jacket that um, when the removable plaid with these fiber optic threads, um, Is connected to your Instagram. Uh, let's say you're in Paris and you take a picture of the Eiffel Tower, and um, there's a bunch of green around it because of the park over there. Um, the visual recognition tool picks up that um, that green and that silver of the Eiffel Tower, and that could hopefully be reflected through your jacket. So you are in charge of um, you're in charge of the colors of your plaid, essentially, and that's you know that was an overarching theme was this customizable. Um, direction. Um, but for the tone analyzer, you could switch it on an app. Um, in turn, that would, um, if you were vocally expressing your excitement about seeing the Eiffel Tower, um, that value, the like the emotional value, would then be reflected through a color on the fiber optic thread, mm-hmm. so the color-changing thread, um, but then would also... Um, when connected to a GPS could give you recommendations about where else you would go that would be exciting for you to see, like the Louvre or something like Mm -hmm. that. So my hope was that this travel jacket, you know, responds to its environment. But it also enhances your travel experience, or just your experience in general. And since social media has changed the
0: way we communicate in general, why don't our clothes change the way we communicate with each other? Right, and it kind of goes to show when you think about something like AI, you're not thinking necessarily about creativity or something so vivid and visual, like like a rain jacket that can respond to your surroundings. Right. Uh, when you're when you're designing, and also when you know you're working with with students who are just getting into the program, is, does it come into like conversation a lot, like how does something like AI, how does that have a place in fashion? Not in just a way that, that it makes their work more efficient or can you know help the process from a, just a logistical standpoint but from a creative uh, standpoint as well.
2: Well that was one of the interesting aspects of the engagement was this is the first time students had really ever been exposed to this kind of technology. And it was an iterative process where we had Um, broad overviews that were presented by IBM scientists that introduced the tools and showed a couple of other um, projects they had done with different designers. And that started a discussion. And then we would follow up with meetings, (coughs) examining the tools and talking about how we may uh, uh, kind of focus our uh, engagement and continue to wind our way into what became the challenges that the students took on. Mm-hmm. So the process is a very iterative uh, and interactive engagement with a really broad community of people. Uh, and we talked about all aspects of uh, how we may use it and, and then filtered that down into those ideas that seemed to really resonate with the individual designers. And a- another aspect of this, this whole effort really was it was a combination of the business and technology school and the art and design school so of those 12, stu- uh, 12 students that were actively involved in the design process um, four of them came from fashion design the other four came from international trade and marketing and for textile development and marketing so they were much more involved in the business side of it but we constructed teams that were had representatives from each of the different areas to work together and to conceive of integrated solutions mm-hmm. where we looked at how knowing more about what you want allows you to put what you need where you need it mm-hmm. so we were using we were looking at the design process across the entire process of production but in the service of providing customized and personalized garments. So it was, we formed, um, we met as big teams that we formed into smaller units and then reorganized again at the end when the designers took on the the main challenge, their main challenge, which was to develop the garments.
0: Right, and and I think it, it goes to show how this can play a part at many parts of the process, not just the creative process, not just the business side. Is this, do you think that designers today are expected to, like when you started what, looking into becoming a fashion designer? Did you realize that artificial intelligence was something that would eventually play a role in the process? Uh, and, and do you think that it, it, you're held to like a higher standard today? You have to do more as a designer than you might have had to even 10 years ago?
1: Um, when I first found fashion design, I was really young, like too young to have decided on a career choice but i did uh i think i was in seventh grade and i was like i'm doing fashion design and so my vision at that point was you know having a label and was was closed basically Mm -hmm. and um from there as i've continued through my education um, and just through my own design process in general i found that the um my vision has changed into AI and has changed into using uh, different technology to um, either improve people's lives. I don't I don't know if uh, designers are held to a higher expectation, you know, to ha- have different and new things, um, but definitely within the realm of technology, I think in order to keep up um, with this whole technological revolution, um, that's happening now and has been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that designers uh, need to recognize this and need to recognize these um, all this technology as tools um, instead of as a hindrance to their you know to design. Or um, yeah, for me, I think um, technology is going to play a really big part. But I don't think um, yeah, I think. That all everybody um not everybody but designers in general should um recognize this and also um recognize the need that technology um, can be purposeful it can't it doesn't have to just be aesthetically driven um but the way ai um had taught me was more of like the social media aspect of incorporating that and i'm very big into communication and Mm so um understanding, you know, how we all connect today has been very different than back in the day, even when I started it being interested in fashion, um, is like a key thing to recognize, but also to recognize that um, design um, can look aesthetically pleasing, but could also have a purpose. It could have a purpose to you as a consumer. Um, I was, uh, someone asked me the other day, you know, I have um, diabetes and um, I am constantly having to check like uh, my blood pressure and everything. Why, why isn't there a shirt that does that for me? Mm-hmm. And that's and people are starting to think like that. I always tell people I'm really into wearable tech, and they're all like, Oh, you should make this and this and this. And um, so everyone, I think a lot of people are thinking along that path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think designers need to also, as a whole, start thinking along that path as well.
0: Right, and uh, because cust- even if designers themselves aren't necessarily held to a higher expectation or a standard, customers' expectations are changing very much so. And yes. when they're going to spend their money, they want something to have a backstory or have utility. And as as the as far as the curriculum goes for FIT, how much has that changed? And how much, you know, does something like this uh, collaboration with with IBM shape where you might take the next, the next course or the next uh, steps for what d- designers are learning from the beginning.
2: Well, the fashion industry is kind of late to having technology influence it, um, but it's taken it on with tremendous gusto.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, tremendous change happening almost semester by semester which is a challenge for uh... most faculty people because they really organize their classes around what they believe are first principles and they take students through structured steps so the kind of exciting aspect of doing the project the way we did which was in a lab which was outside of any individual department Mm -hmm. allowed all the programs to come together and collaborate something that you don't find as often in academia as you would like to see but understandably people are very Uh, concerned with making sure that students are learning what they believe is key. So this um, kind of collaboration sets a pattern. It allows faculty to engage without putting really anything at risk. Um, and then they can sort of absorb and take these ideas in and that will fold into their overall curriculum objectives. Mm -hmm. So it's this kind of innovative, experimental research environment that I think is critical to be able to absorb fast changing technology into curriculum.
0: Right. And, and it's interesting to hear you talk about it that way because that when we're looking at individual brands or retailers, they're, they're kind of taking the same steps. They might have an innovation lab where they're testing and implementing new technology all the time. And then that, hopefully, if it works, can be incorporated back into the main business. Do you think that the way like a more collaborative environment across departments, like designers working with the business side, working with the international marketing side... Is that where it's all headed? Uh, I would say
2: so, yes. And in fact, one of the things that we say when we talk about the lab is that we can experiment on behalf of the brand and de-risk research and um, experimentation into areas that they really can't, you know, they don't have the agility. Uh, They're both multi-billion dollar organizations. They have a lot at risk. Doing it inside of a, a research environment that's very agile gives them the flexibility to leverage that. Um, mm-hmm. But education in general is becoming so cross-disciplinary mm-hmm. um, and multidisciplinary. Uh, it's you have to be very good at using digital tools uh, mm-hmm. to be able to even communicate visually. Mm-hmm. Um, these tools enhance your native creativity and your native skills, and in fact, that's really how we looked at bringing AI in was these are tools that augment your already existing tool set, your already existing mindset. Um, So they are designed to inform your decisions, not replace them.
0: Right, and I think that's a great point, and we already talked about uh, wearable technology and Mm -hmm. how that fits into the the ways that the customers are looking for their clothing to do more, or at least stand for something more if it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, super responsive, because I know that's a little bit futuristic still at this right, point. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, when it stops being futuristic. Mm-hmm. But what what other uh, like industry, um, you know, fundamentals that are changing that customers believe, do, do you think this kind of checks off? Like, we look a lot at, the, the need for brands and retailers to be just more agile, move a lot faster, the production process is getting a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. That, that lag time between when you're designing something to when it's going on sale like that, you, you can't take as long as you used to. Uh, where else, how else is this type of collaboration addressing those those issues and, and well, changing? Well, we
2: used um, 3D virtual prototyping during the process. Mm-hmm. So um, on that team of 15 students, we had 12 who were involved in the project and then three technical designers who were kind of supporting the designers. And as they developed, their uh, designs and their garments, we were able to build them as 3D virtual prototypes. And that allowed us to see the garments uh, before we actually sampled them and Mm -hmm. turned them into physical prototypes. And that process is one we're starting to see um, sweep through all of industry. And the amount of waste that it saves and the speed with which you can make decisions uh, is is so greatly enhanced by that. Um, Because we're seeing that large, major brands are using virtual prototypes so right. that they own, they make their, their VP of merchandising, says we're going with this one, and they only do one prototype to verify that the manufacturing's at the standard they want, mm-hmm. as opposed to the eight or nine iterations, particularly when you're dealing with patterns. Because you can get a pattern in a, in a spot on, on a garment that looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to eliminate that kind of uncertainty is really a powerful uh, concept. But on-demand manufacturing, another major uh, thread, (laughs) no pun intended, (laughs) moving through the industry (laughs) because um, people are wanting garments turned around in much shorter time. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this reduces waste. And while the AI, um, there's the aspect of you know, having responsive garments, there's an implicit desire in the consumer, younger consumers, to be environmentally responsible. They recognize the cost to the environment and ultimately um, the damage that it's doing, right. and. Being able to reduce waste and really be able, targeting garments so that they're what people want rather than producing a whole bunch of stuff hoping they're going to want it and then finding so much of it is not really on point. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things really are a little bit more abstract, but they're still core to what people um, are feeling and seeing and wanting.
0: Right, and you mentioned fashion is a little bit late to incorporate technology uh, throughout the process. but at the same time there's so many things that that need to be fixed yes. so many issues to address why do you think it's it's taking so long to to steer the ship
2: well it's been a very traditional industry and it's a big complicated process of producing garments mm-hmm. things have to be produced in tremendous volume then there was the shift uh, in labor out of the united states into uh... other countries mm-hmm. and changing processes on really large systems is slow and risky Mm -hmm. and mistakes there could be extremely costly. So I think with the advent of technology that helps make the industry more responsive and more agile, we're starting to see now a bootstrapping effect that uh, allows the industry to be more responsive.
0: Right, and, and do you think that as a designer, you have a responsibility to address these issues, especially things like sustainability and just the sprawling supply chain where things are very non-transparent and, and get a little bit messy?
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm someone who's a very big um, uh, advocate for sustainability. I definitely think, uh, you know, uh, I believe it was a couple of years ago, and maybe it still is, uh, fashion was the number two polluter in the world mm-hmm. which is horrifying but it's because of that lack of transparency um, you know you don't see it's on the other side of the world you don't see people in sweatshops day and night you don't see you know the uh, was it Bangladesh where the factory collapsed and like a thousand people died that's, mm-hmm. that's horrifying mm-hmm. and so um, you know I think Taking responsibility for not only you know your company in like in the U.S. or wherever you're located from, but also for the workers who work for you. Um, also being responsible for your um, for your materials. Yeah, I believe it's incredibly important. I think um, design uh, designers have to step up and really start thinking. How do we, you know, maybe a company is really good at doing zero waste patterns. Maybe you really accelerate with that. Um, I think people really like stories. People like mm-hmm. storytelling. I think, um, you know, when, when a company can tell a story, I think more people are drawn to that. And I think, um, you know, our industry just needs to be able to um, really grasp this idea of responsibility and sustainability um, and just continue forward. I mean, global warming's a really big deal right now. It's a really huge issue. Um, and it's something you can't ignore. And if you are the, you know, the second largest polluting, um, industry in the world, we gotta, you gotta. Know, someone has to fix that at some point. And mm-hmm. it's going you know, to take a group effort because big systems, you know, we're a creature of habit and um, big systems are hard to change, but it's going to take a group effort. And I think people that I am uh, go to school with and my peers in general, I think we're, um, a lot of us are along the same lines. We all have conversations and recognize, um, we've all recognized this. And I think um, having that shift towards sustainability, and at least talking about it, I think, will um, further the process along. But it's mm-hmm. gonna take time, but we need to start now
0: mm-hmm. and just continue. Right, and I'm sure we're starting at the ground level with designers that are students is a, is a good place to do it.
2: You just take a look at uh, the color changing fabric and the impact that could possibly have on, dye, on mm-hmm. dyeing. And dyeing is one of the biggest polluting aspects True. of fashion. Right. Uh, it's remarkable how much damage it does. And, this is an interesting development. Also, fibers and threads that are made from biodegradable uh, material, mm-hmm. um, uh, proteins and algae combined. Uh, we have an interesting research project at the school right now called mint where they are taking algae and cross-coupling it with lemon mm-hmm. to create a more flexible material. But it's actually, um, basically... Uh, an organic material, but it's being turned into a fiber that can be woven.
1: And it's not just our industry, it's not just fashion, it's every industry, you know, that's the whole thing about communication, like science needs to communicate with fashion and technology needs to communicate with fashion and fashion I think has been such a secluded environment for such a long time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with that whole, it being a very traditional, um, you know, very aesthetic driven uh, profession, but I think, communication is key, just reaching out to everyone, everyone, you know, we need new materials that are going to eliminate that waste, we need new processes and how to break down waste, you know, that, that I am, like I said, I'm not a scientist, I am, I don't have that degree, but there are other people like that, and, you know, if you've created something and you don't know how to apply it, like... Why doesn't design help you figure out how to apply that? And mm-hmm. That's through communication and that's
0: what's so important.
2: And breaking down those silos yeah. and having projects that where yeah. people are actually collaborating at a deep level mm-hmm. is the way we see going forward.
0: Right, so we're almost out of time, but as we're looking ahead, we're near we're at the beginning of the year. What would you say is like the most promising thing that you guys are feel you're working on that you think could have a, a lasting impact? Maybe not this year, but, what do, you, what do you want students to prioritize? What are you prioritizing that you think will play an integral part in your, in your careers and the careers of students going forward? Well, um, <laughs> just a small question to yeah. finish on. <laughs> um,
1: I am, like I said, I'm very focused on sustainability mm-hmm. and um, I always try to design with purpose. Um, may that be aesthetically or um, purposefully for the user, but I think, um, you know, with the aid of technology, um, I'll be able to make my designs more purposeful. Um, but I can't do that on my own. I need, um, you know, I, I like having the opportunity to work with IBM mm-hmm. and have um, Dr. Hoi Wu, you know, the developer of a lot of these. Um, she worked um, to, to develop a lot of these. Um,
2: cognitive tools. Right,
1: the cognitive tools. Um, it was eye opening. And uh, she learned a lot from me. I learned a lot from her. And. Um, myself going forward this year um, if not just in general um, i'm looking to make my design more purposeful Mm -hmm. Um, and i always strive for that but with the help of um, technology and um, uh, in science and fashion in general and um, just understanding my environment i'm hoping i can contribute that way and Mm -hmm. make more purposeful design
0: yeah great so purpose Along with collaboration. Along with like. collaboration. Yep. That's the same. rule of the day. Yes. Right. Enhanced learning. <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: envision the future. Um, empower emerging designers. These are a couple of the core uh, initiatives inside the lab and um, it's what we're looking forward to going mm-hmm. into the new year.
0: Great. Well, thank you guys so much for, for running through you. this. and, and it's, you. know, it's always great to hear what's happening uh, at the ground level with the student designers. Uh, well, thanks again. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, great. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.